Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. And we'll ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Jeremiah and the eighth chapter, verse number 20. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. What a sobering text of Scripture. The historical context was of Israel in their wanderings and their captivity because of their sin. And you can find this cycle right throughout the whole Old Testament. God would have men to come to him easily, but men do not choose it so. Israel was such, and because of that, God allowed Israel to go into captivity. They were dejected. They were depressed. The season of the hope of harvest was gone. The sunshine and the blessing of the summer was over. And suddenly, the realization, the awesome, terrible reality of the fact that they're in a foreign land. They're away from God. They're away from the temple. They're away from everything that means they worship God in a right way. Their sins and iniquities have separated them from God. And they wake up to the terrible realization. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. For every man who leaves this world unprepared to meet God, for him, the harvest is definitely past. The summer is ended. And he's not saved. Every soul may remember this pitiful lament when they wake up in a lost eternity. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. Every life has some periods when it's easier to be saved. And if one does not take advantage of these opportunities, they may pass away and they may miss God's harvest. Yes, dear ones, as we think about this passage of Scripture, we think about how youth passes. Amen. There's a lot of us that can say, I once was young. Youth has passed. But if you're still young, remember Proverbs 8, 17. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. These truths show us that it's best to get saved while you're young. The longer you put off salvation, the less likely that you'll get saved. That does not mean you can't get saved if you're 60. It don't mean you can't get saved if you're 70 or 80 or 90 or 100. We're not saying that you reach a certain age, but we are saying, according to God's word, there's a possibility that as we get older, 
after we refuse the Spirit of God time and time again, that our hearts get harder and harder and we get less interested in the things of God. If you've let your youth go by and you're still not saved, I want to encourage you to take the fleeting chance that may remain to you and seek the Lord while he may be found. Amen. Certainly the harvest of God's Holy Spirit speaking to souls that definitely passes. Amen. If you want to get saved, you got to get saved while the sweet spirit of God is dealing with your heart because no one can be saved except when the spirit of God calls him and convicts him of his sins. Only as the spirit of God brings you to know that you're a sinner and you need to be saved, can you really get right with God? And we'll prove that by the Bible. Usually I think we might say that the Spirit of God strives year after year with the unconverted. But I'm telling you, friend, as the years go by, it seems like there's less and less concern on the part of the sinner. There's less and less conviction. You see, what I believe is that still small voice, that Holy Spirit of God, I say that it's almost unheard the longer people keep putting it off. Amen. The heart is slowly but surely hardened. The mind becomes indifferent to spiritual things. Amen. And one day, while without knowing it, the sinner will have missed his last great opportunity to get right with God. How sad it is to think about the possibility in your life. Oh, the terrible words. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And I'm still not saved. How sad it would be for one of you to come down to death's door and have those thoughts running through your mind. Oh, the harvest is past. The summer is ended. Here I'm getting ready to take that step into the eternal world and I'm not saved. Amen, in some cases, there's a great time of deep conviction, a time of terrible struggle. And then when the sinner, after being greatly enlightened, steadfastly refuses salvation, it's possible that the Spirit of God, amen, leaves that individual in that sad case. Uh, remember that God said to sinning men in the book of Genesis and the sixth chapter, my spirit shall not always strive with man. How long has God's spirit been striving with you? Why don't you ask yourself that question? How long? How many days, how many weeks, how many months, how many years has God's Spirit been striving with you? Yet the Bible says, my spirit shall not always strive with man, 
Friend, that's talking about the days of Noah. God's spirit was striving with those people in that day. Amen. Before Noah began to build the ark. And while Noah was building the ark. But once the door was shut, God's spirit was no longer striving with those people. And they were swept away with the flood. And so I believe there was a time that God's spirit dealt with the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. But there came a time when God told Lot to take his family and flee out of the city and don't look back. Amen. And my friend, when God rained fire and brimstone upon that city, they could say, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we're not saved. Some of you, God's been talking to you. Many times you can tell by the countenance, people's face, amen, the way they handle themselves. You can tell that God's talking to people. They may try to act like a Christian. Amen, they may try to act like that nothing's going on. But many times you can tell when God's Holy Spirit is speaking to someone. I'm asking you the question, has conviction passed away? Has the harvest already passed? Has the summer already ended? Have you grown indifferent to the call of God? I'm warning every individual under the sound of my voice that someday you're going to hear your last call from the Spirit of God. Though it's occurred many times, service after service, you've heard God's word. You've heard the songs of Zion. You've been there time and time again. And they said, let's stand. We're going to give you an invitation. And you've heard that voice. You felt that knock. You knew that God was dealing with your soul about coming to the altar and getting right with God. I asked you how long will you continue to say no to God? Someone said, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good moral person. Well, I'm glad for that. I thank God for that. But I believe, friend, the worst sin that a man could ever commit is deliberate rejection of the call of the Spirit of God. Amen. When the Spirit of God pleads with your heart, when God brings you to a place of conviction, makes you feel your need of Christ, amen, it's time to be saved. It's harvest time. It's time to get right with God when the Holy Spirit calls you. That means it's harvest time. I beg you, friend, I plead with you as one that loves your soul, don't allow the harvest to pass in your life. Don't allow the summer to come to an end. Amen, there's no way for any sinner ever to be saved except as the Spirit of God convicts him and leads him to trust Christ. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, amen, that's harvest time. Will you miss the passing harvest? Uh, How many millions are in hell right now 
because they rejected, they resisted the Spirit's call. They would not be saved when God the Holy Spirit spoke to them about the need they had in their heart and life. Hebrews lets us know in the third chapter and verse number seven, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. What it is said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. I'm telling you that right now, at the present time, while God's Spirit is dealing with you is the time you need to move and not wait until tomorrow. I want to invite you to look into God's word. Amen. All of God's commands relates to the present, to today, right now. Nowhere in the Bible did he tell you to repent and turn to God tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but he said now is the appointed time. Uh, today is the day of salvation. Amen, he does not require us to repent away down the road somewhere. Amen, but if we harden our hearts toward God, he can give us over to our own way and we'll never be able uh, to see our true condition. Even though the miraculous miracle working of the church is set right before us. It's possible for you to become, in a sense, hardened. Your mind can be less sensitive. Your conscience becomes less tender. Amen. That's a terrible, terrible condition to be in. Amen. I trust that you won't go on in that way. A hard heart is where the conscience is seared and insensible. Could that be working on you? Truth does not make the impression that it once made. Preaching is listened to without entrance. Friend, the refusal to heed to the voice of God is connected with the hardening of the heart. A person who is blasphemed against the Holy Ghost, amen, is a certainly doomed forever as if the iron doors of hell has claimed and shut behind him. Yes, friend, how awful that subject about the danger of blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. How earnestly we ought to warn sinners of the danger and how seriously ought each lost sinner consider their folly, their danger of keep hardening their heart and keep saying no to God. Sinner, after God calls and great enlightenment and much mercy has been shown. Uh, friend, you can come to a place where you no longer feel that conviction. Amen. See, there's people even today that feels that God owes them something. And anytime I get ready, all I got to do is say a little prayer. And God's obligated to save me. If God has ever talked to you one time, God does not owe you one thing but hell. And God can pay you off any day. God hasn't obligated himself to keep on year after year talking to your heart. Amen. While he's pleading 
surrender is what the song says. But they said in Jeremiah 8.20, we're not saved. The harvest is ended. The summer's ended and we're not saved. What an awful cry to come from the heart of any sinner. I'm not saved. Is that your cry? Amen. You know that you're far from the grace of God. You know that if you don't wake up in the morning, you're going to wake up in another world and there'll be no hope. These people were concerned about their souls. Why else would they say something like this? The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. Only concerned souls say that. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what should a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, you'll give anything but to look after your soul. Amen. You'll forge a career. You'll sow seeds of success. You'll raise a family. You'll go to work every morning. You'll work five days. You'll work six days and maybe even seven. You'll earn a living. You'll go into old age. You'll have a retirement. You'll have grandchildren. You'll do everything. You'll give anything and everything in exchange for your soul. The Lord Jesus was being concerned about those that was not concerned about their souls. It's time for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to get a concern with your soul. Amen. What's the profit? Amen. It may not be money, but what is the profit? Is it so-called freedom? Is it your sin? Jesus, the Son of God, said, What is the profit? If you gain the whole world and lose your soul. What's he saying? He's saying this. I'm concerned about your soul. He's saying you ought to be concerned about your soul. These Israelites here, in their sin, in their iniquity, are concerned about their soul. Are you? Are you saved? Are you concerned about your soul? Are you concerned about where you're going to wake up in eternity? Are you going to wake up in heaven? Or will you wake up in hell? A man or a woman that's really concerned about their souls will get saved. Amen. It's as simple as that. Jesus is more concerned about the soul of mankind than the individual is. It could very well be. The pastor is more concerned about your soul than you are. Your mom, your dad is more concerned about your soul than you are. Friend, you need to be concerned. We're dealing with eternity. 
We're going to be alive somewhere. A million years from right now. I tell you on the authority of God's word, a million years from right now, you're going to be conscious. You're going to be awake. You're not going to be soul sleeping. You're going to be wide awake. More so than you are right now. You know what the Israelites' problem was? They got concerned too late. When they needed to be concerned, when they could have done something about it, they weren't concerned. I don't have any doubt. There's coming a day that you are going to get concerned about your soul. But the sad thing is, possibly it'll be after the harvest is passed, after the summer is ended, then you get concerned. We don't find that the rich man, all during his life, got concerned about his soul, till all of a sudden, he woke up in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and Luke the 16th chapter, and all of a sudden, he had a lot of concern about his soul. And that's what's gonna happen to most people. They're not going to get interested. They're not going to get concerned. But we're doing the very best of God to get you, my friend, to have some concern for your never-dying soul. Oh, friend, don't go on the way you're going. When the harvest is past, when the summer is ended, and you're still in your sins, you'll know it all too well but it'll be too late. Christ died for you. He shed his blood. He suffered for you. There's no excuse, but you're still not saved. I don't know your background. There's children growing up in this land and across the world in the darkness of Islam, in the darkness of Buddhism, in the darkness of Roman Catholicism, in the darkness of idolatry, and all sorts of evil that your mind couldn't imagine. But not you. You've been privileged. Some of you have a godly mother, a godly father. You've got somebody you know that loves the true and living God that's been praying for you. But even though you live here and not in some dark country. The harvest is just about past. The summer is almost ended and you're not saved. Like Pilate, you've stood face to face with Jesus. You know who he is. You know he's real. But yet you're willing to wash your hands of him because you're afraid of your friends. You're afraid of ridicule. Possibly with some of you, you used to be in Sunday school, but Sunday school is past. Possibly with some of you attended church one time, but that's past. The gospel influence that was once over your life is past and almost ended. Are you gonna allow the harvest to pass. After all the opportunities you've had, after all the other hopes for you, still you're not saved. 
The harvest may be almost past. The summer may be near the end. The day of salvation swiftly drawing to a close. Possibly you've been to church service after church service. Heard the earnest preaching of men of God who wanted to keep you out of hell. Perhaps the plaintive and haunting melodies of the invitation hymn have rung in your soul. And then the last service came and went and you left the house of God unconverted, still undecided. And despite of all the efforts of God's people, harvest time after harvest time has passed. Opportunity after opportunity is passed and you're still not saved. How sad to face the judgment unprepared to meet God. See, the reason I told you, you don't get saved on your terms. Don't tell me I'll get saved when I get ready because Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. That insinuates that there's a possibility of waiting too long to seek God. Amen. Will you seek him now? Will you trust him with all your heart? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.